When we don't obey him, he doesn't lose. We do. We do. So all the things that he's told us to do, and we decided that we're not going to do it, we're the ones that end up in a mess. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and Author James Ford, Jr., Senior Pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us as today. We're beginning a message, How to Get Out of Debt. And I'm going to guess, Pastor, with a title like that, already we've got some people's attention right here. God lays out in His Word some great principles for us to follow. And as you just pointed out uh, for us, man, when we're not following His principles and what He's laid out, we're going to end up in a big mess, and, and that could be a debt in a number of different ways. Oh, yeah. Well, well, it's our manual. It's our guidebook. And, of course, you know, God puts parameters. See, people think that God is trying to keep something from us hmm. when God is actually trying to keep something for us. He puts the parameters around it, and he makes them principles so that when we utilize them, they just become habit to us. I, I say it all the time, but I need to repeat it again. Because if you sow a thought, you reap a deed. If you sow a deed, you reap a habit. If you sow a habit, you reap a lifestyle. And if you sow a lifestyle, you reap an eternity. Uh, boy, I tell you, it's really good when you uh, work the principles of God. Do you want to know why, Steve? Why, Pastor? Because when you work the principles, the principles work for you. And so it's it's almost like uh, uh, individuals who work at a job and people who invest and maybe are able to have their own business uh, where they tell us, look, don't you work for your money. Let your money work for you. Well, you know, I always end up with too much month at the end of my money. Oh, right, so. right. <laughs> but but you get the idea. Right. Yeah. yeah. God, God puts things around us. Take something other than money. And it's amazing to me. Uh, that there are two subjects that everybody want to talk about, but they don't want you to talk about them in church. You know what they are? Well, number one has got to be money. Money. You hear a lot about politics. That's maybe being right. In no, sex. Oh, yeah. okay. Don't want you talking about that. Really? No, don't want I, you see, talking. I would think that would no. be the thing that uh, you'd get church attendance up if you talked yeah, about that. Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, but if you look at how God governs, say, take the principles of marriage. I mean, there are principles as a matter of fact, what a shameful plug. I have a book entitled Seven Reasons Why God Created Marriage. Yeah. And they demonstrate the seven pillars on which marriage rests. Now, I tell people all the time in my counseling, okay, work the principle and the principle will work for you. And so when we look at the principles, God put them there so that we would know how he wants marriage to be governed and how to make your marriage great. Well, there are principles like that in marriage, in ministry, in money. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. There are principles that govern it. And yeah. I'm not a computer geek. As a matter of fact, I'm a dinosaur. Uh, but here's what I'm learning. I'm, I'm a lot better at it now uh, than, than I was in the past because I'm continually utilizing it. But I'm learning some things. I'm learning about, you know, certain principles that govern the net, and the more I utilize them, the easier it's becoming to be, you know, someone who uses modern technology. Yeah. You yeah. know, for a 20th century man to come into the 21st century. <laughs> 21st century, yeah. You know, because uh, my grandchild, he's eight years old, my youngest, and he always says to me, I say, how, how do you do this? And he says, Papa, 
you don't know how to do that. Yeah. That's easy. And I always tell them, it's easy for you, uh, but uh, not for me. Yeah. Well, as you said, as we begin to apply the principles that we find, things do get easier. And that uh, goes in so many different arenas and, and aspects of life. So let's uh, take a look at some of the principles we find in Second Kings chapter 4 as we begin the message, How to Get Out of Debt. Here's Pastor Ford. Psalm 127.1 says, Except the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain. Now, I don't know about you, but there seems to be a paradox in that verse uh, because it says, uh, except the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain. If the Lord's already built the house, then, then what am I doing? How am I building a house when the Lord has already built the house? Well, that's a good question. I'm glad you ask it. Anybody ever been involved in the building of a house uh, from the ground up? Uh, well, this sanctuary uh, became the first one that I was involved in. And we went to an architect. And the architect put the concept of the church together, put it on archaeological drawings, and this was done exactly according to the drawings. So then the drawings became the guideline, uh, the guide uh, that governed how we were to build the house. Uh, I was talking to him about the walls. And he said, let me tell you that if we change the wall one eighth of an inch, we would mess up the rest of the foundation for the whole building. One eighth of an inch. So what he was saying is that the architect's concepts uh, have to become what we implement in order to get uh, this building. Now, when the Bible says, except the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain, God is the architect. He has already determined everything beforehand. He said that in Psalm 43. He called the things that are from the end, from the beginning. And so what he's done is he has given us the blueprint or the drawings for how he wants things done. And then all you and I have to do is just listen and just follow what God tells us to do. So that the degree of our success in our walk is determined upon how correctly we follow the blueprints that God has given us to what he wants us to build. Now the problem is that many of us don't like what God has said. And so what happens? We then begin to veer off from the architectural plans. Then we wonder why we didn't get what God told us we could have. It's because we didn't do what God told us to do. Now, now, let me just say this. God's commands are for our benefit and not for our detriment. So that whenever God gives us a command, well, 1 John 5, 2 says it. It says that uh, uh, this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. They are not burdensome. They are not weighty. The word grievous means to be weighted down with something. So then God's commands are not to weigh us down. As a matter of fact, what God's commands are for, uh, God's commands will guide us. They will govern us. They will guard us. They will grace us and they will grow us. Uh, let me give you Jacob as an example. Look at Genesis uh, chapter 34 and 35. We talked about him before. 
But in Genesis chapter 33, uh, remember he wrestled with God. And uh, that's a battle that you want to lose. Uh, so he wrestled with God. God touched him in the hollow of his thigh. So now he's limping. And if you would see Jacob, you say, what's, what's wrong with you? He say, uh, you know what? I wrestled with God and I lost. And, and that's what you want to do. You want to you lose when you wrestle with God. Because his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. Why are you walking like that? Because my name was changed because I lost the battle and surrendered to Yahweh. And now I belong to him. And so if you look at Genesis 34, you recall in Genesis 33. So God said, go back to Bethel. Here's the blueprint. Listen, the blueprint for you, Jacob, is go back where you first met me. Andre Crouch, take me back. Take me back where I first received you. And, and go to Bethel. So what does he do? Genesis chapter 34. Instead of going to Bethel, he goes to Shechem. Now, Shechem, if you look on the map, would be halfway. And, 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 and so what does he do? He says, uh, God says, meet me in Bethel. What does Bethel mean? House of God. That's right. Beth is house. El is God. House of God. Meet me back at the house of God. So now you wrestle with God and your name has been changed. Uh, but just because you become a mature believer doesn't mean that you're not going to sin. And so Jacob has become Israel, but there's still some Jacob in Israel. Hello. So what does he do? He goes halfway in Genesis 34 to Shekin. When he gets there, he sees that it's a prosperous land, that it's a good place to raise a family and, and to grow crops and to have your sheep and cattle and goats and all those things that he has. Now, here's the problem. God didn't tell you to stop halfway. God told you to go all the way. What's his blueprint for Jacob? Bethel. What's your blueprint? Shekim. So now, because he does not want to follow what God has set out, God now says, listen, I gave you Bethel for your benefit, not your detriment. But since you don't want for yourself what I want for you, then I'm going to let you go ahead and have what you want. So in Genesis 33, God is speaking. In Genesis 35, God is speaking. But in Genesis 34, God is not speaking. Why? Because as long as you want to do it your way and you have had the revelation of what God wants you to do, then he takes his hand off and he says, I tell you what I'll do then. Since you want to have it your way, we'll let you suffer the consequences of doing it your way so that whenever they're done with you, when the consequences are done with you, then you'll want to do it my way. And most of us, what we do is we moan and groan and cry. God, get us out of what you never told us to get in in the first place. And the goodness of God is that sometimes he does. But what about the sometimes when he don't? So what happens? And we know it's the Lord Jesus Christ because it's the Tetragrammatron. I just want to mention that. And so what happens? So he comes there. Two things happen. His daughter Dinah is raped. It's a consequence of disobedience. It's a consequence of where you are. If you were not in Shekim, she would not have seen uh, the Canaanite party that was going on and went there. You know, it's tragic whenever our children suffer consequences of our disobedience. Then her brothers get upset. Simeon and Levi, what do they do? Drive by on them. 
So now you read the end of it. Here's what Jacob says at the end of Genesis 34. He says, you know what? Uh, these people ain't going to like me anymore. It's time for us to get up and go to Bethel. Now, I want you to turn to Genesis 35. I just want to show you. Now, all I'm doing today is the introduction. I won't even get to 2 Kings. I'm just doing the introduction, all right? So, Genesis 35. Look at Genesis 35. Now, here's what it says in my Bible. And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel, and dwell there, and make an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fled from the face of Esau thy brother. Now God's telling him to go back to the same place. Here's my point. Number one, God gave him a command, go back to Bethel. He didn't do it. He went halfway. And listen, I tell you all the time, all you believers uh, in here that got one foot in the world and one foot in the church, you know, compromising, you're going to split your pants. Uh, if the rapture happened, you're going to split your pants on the way up. That, that compromising God, God's not looking for compromisers. It, it's like, I don't, you know, I told, I told some pastors, I said, listen, brothers, I said, uh, I said, you know, you need to get people who are surrendered. I, I need to change the word because commitment, here's, here's, what, here's the problem I have with commitment now. Commitment is something I do. But surrender is a whole different concept. Because now I'm no longer in control if I surrender. But anyway, that's just what it was with part. I told him, you know what? It's hard to build with moving bricks. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford. We gotta pause the message right here, but we'll come back, continue this teaching in just one moment. You're listening to a message entitled How to Get Out of Debt as we look at 2 Kings chapter 4. And if you want to make sure that you don't miss any future broadcast in this series, I hope you'll come to our website and sign up to begin podcasting this program. Another way you can listen, download the Moody Radio app. You can listen to not just this program, but other programs produced by Moody Radio. You'll find links for both the podcast and the app at treasuredtruthradio.org. Back to the message. Here's Pastor Ford. So God says, now I want you to go. So if you look at what happens now, I'm just going to point out a couple things. What did I say? I said that God's commandments, I'm trying to show you an example of someone who, who didn't listen to what God commanded. Now, all of a sudden, uh, he's ready to listen. Uh, what gets us ready? Consequences of our decision always get us ready. And uh, somebody ought to say amen because, you know, some, one of the reasons many of us are sitting there right now is because we suffered the consequences of making our own choices. So then, so then what we say? That, that, that uh, God's commandments will guide you. Where does he tell them? Go to Bethel. And so Jacob and all his house goes. Now, uh, what does it say? Let me see, uh, verse 5. So he said, verse 1, he guides him. Now, he hadn't said anything. He's silent in 34. Now, all of a sudden, God's speaking again. Now, we see that all over Scripture, don't we? We see that whenever we don't obey God, God shuts up until we're ready to listen. Anybody remember the first person it happened to? Abraham. Yeah, we're going to study Abraham. So what did Abraham do? At 70, he was told to head to the promised land. Leave his family, leave his fortune, leave his friends, leave everybody behind. And what did he do? He followed his father, Terah, and went to Haran, which was halfway. What does Haran mean? Delay. 
So he was there for five years and God was silent. Genesis 12, 1. And the Lord said unto Abram again. Same thing with Jonah. Jonah go to Nineveh. No, I'm not going to Nineveh. Uh, but then Jonah chapter 3. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah again. Don't let God have to speak to you twice. Because he's just like my mama. He don't like that. And so what happens? Just basically, you can look at it in the text yourself. It guides him. It guards him, verse 5. So then it says, and they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were around about them, and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. Isn't that great? You got yourself in trouble, but God's getting you out of trouble. Yeah, so you know what they call that? Not just guarding you, that's grace. When you get what you don't deserve. Why? Because now I'm obeying the commands of God. And God says, listen, once you start obeying me, then everything I planned for you, now I'm putting that back in effect. Then he does what? He grows him. So he grows. Let me just say this. Obeying God is for our benefit and not for his benefit. When we don't obey him, he doesn't lose. We do. We do. So all the things that he's told us to do, and we decided that we're not going to do it, we're the ones that end up in a mess. Uh, so you say, why would you say all that to get to what you're getting to? Because we've been talking about stewardship, and we understand uh, that there's, uh, you know, uh, stewardship covers a, a, a whole lot of things. Uh, I wonder if you remember that we said that there's stewardship of our time. Psalm 90:12, teach us to number our days. Uh, Ephesians 5:17, redeem the time for the days are evil. So then God says that we are to, we, we are going to give an account for our time. And so, you know, you've heard it said before, uh, there are three, at least three items on a tombstone. Uh, there's the day of your birth and the dash in the middle and the day of your death. You don't control any of those dates. You only control the dash in the middle. And so one day we're going to give an account to God for our time. But Matthew 25, we're also going to give God account for our talent and our treasures. Our gifts that he's given us, whether if we don't use them, God's going to say, why not? And then, of course, our treasures, our finances, our resources, God is going to hold us accountable uh, for those Matthew 25. We're going to be uh, uh, accountable for our talk. Matthew 12, 36. So then man shall give an account for every idle word. And the word idle means empty. Any word that does not edify, God says, I'm going to hold you accountable for that. So all cussing is included. <laughs> all cussing is included. Wow. That's why the Bible says, let your speech be seasoned with grace. You heard that little ditty, Lord, make my words sweet today because I may have to eat them tomorrow. And then finally, we are accountable for the truth. Revelation chapter 20. Uh, 22, I'm sorry, uh, 15 and 16, or 14 and 15. Let me make sure that we're accountable for the truth of the scriptures. And of course, we know uh, not just the scriptures, the written, written word, 
Here's what it says, Revelation chapter 22, 18 and 19. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things that are written in this book. So God says, I'm going to hold everybody accountable for what's written in the book of Revelation. But Proverbs 30 verses 5 and 6 say that God is going to hold everybody accountable for every word in his word. So he says, don't add to or don't take away from his word because he's going to hold us accountable for it. So we've been focusing in on stewardship. And I just put the words down for stewardship. You have them on your notes, uh, the words for stewardship. The New Testament word is oikonomos. And, and it literally means to build a house. So a steward is someone who serves as a manager or a trustee for something that is not his own, but it has been given to him to administer for the benefits of others. Uh, Matthew chapter 25. So then God then has made us stewards. Now here's the problem when it comes to the stewardship of our finances, uh, that we have been individuals who say, okay, listen, God, I'm not going to follow what you have to say uh, about money. Now, I'm not going to deal with the passage. I just want to deal with the principle. So we don't even have to, you know, argue about What's the problem with us in our stewardship? We're like the man who the preacher said, if you had two farms, would you give one to God? You preacher, you know I give one to God. He, he said, if you had uh, 10 horses, would you give five to God? He said, preacher, you know if I had 10 horses, I'd give five to God. He said, if you had two pigs, would you give one to God? He said, now preacher, that ain't fair. You know I got two pigs. And so the problem is that we aren't good stewards. And that's what we're looking at in today's broadcast. And we'll continue our teaching next time. The message is called How to Get Out of Debt. And we're taking this from 2 Kings chapter 4. If you want to make sure you don't miss the next broadcast, a few different things you can do. First of all, you can come to our website and sign up to begin podcasting the program. You could also download the Moody Radio app. Both the podcast and the app are free. And it makes it really convenient for you to listen as it fits your schedule. You'll find links by coming to treasuredtruthradio.org and if you're looking for the app, you're going to find that in the box that says Stay Connected. It's right there with Facebook and Twitter. And then, of course, the link to the Moody Radio app. You can also find that if you go to your favorite app store like iTunes or the Amazon App Store. Hey, before we go, I want to let you know Treasured Truth is listener-supported, and that's exactly what it sounds like. We're able to pay for the production costs and the airtime for this program because of your financial generosity. While we have the opportunity to listen for free with a variety of different platforms like radio or apps or even listening online, there is an expense to making this program. And so your giving allows us to continue bringing Pastor Ford's teaching and God's Word to even more listeners. If you want to stand with us, simply come to our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the link that says make a donation. Now that can be a one-time gift or an ongoing monthly gift. Again, just stop by treasuredtruthradio.org and click on Make a Donation. Well, thanks for listening today. Thanks also to our Bible teacher, Pastor James Ford Jr., and our producer, Amy Rios. I'm Steve Hiller. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio. 
a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.